0: in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the spin. And the ball is funny. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen Watts-Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, would be well.
1: Is now in. And a happy Tuesday to you on this terrible Tuesday edition of the TC Martin Show. That's right. Terrible Tuesday, you know what that means? We have our terrible Tuesday takes. What frustrates yours truly? Well, of course, there's always something each and every week, of course. And maybe even a little bit today, we go with a most terrible of 2021, since everybody is always doing. You know, best ofs or worst ofs at the end of the year. The old recap and everything. So maybe today we go a little bit Terrible Tuesday-ish of what has frustrated me throughout the entire year. Maybe we'll get to that. And you know what I think I'm going to do today? Because I want to hear from listeners as well, too, with Terrible Tuesday. Because you guys are, are great with hitting me on Twitter and that sort of thing. At, at TC Martin 21 for Terrible Tuesday. Call today. We'll let you uh, vent your frustrations as well, too, if you have some terrible Tuesday takes at uh, next segment. We will do that. All right, so you got some terrible Tuesday takes. Uh, we'll, we'll take those today on the phones. All right, today on the program, we have got plenty to talk about. Uh, Heidi Fang is going to join us. Uh, we'll talk Raiders. Uh, A lot of breaking news we're going to get to during the course of the next two hours. And one of those things uh, has to do with the Raiders and the Colts game. We will hit that here at the bottom of the hour, so hang tight for that. That will kick off our Terrible Tuesday segment with that. But uh, we start with some college football breaking news. This sickens me. It saddens me. Every time we have bowl game cancellations... Uh, due to COVID-19, really frustrates me because you know how much I love the bowl games. We were talking about this yesterday with Marco D'Angelo, and just from a handicapping standpoint and a football viewing standpoint, don't mess with my holiday bowl season, especially now, because we get meaningful college bowl games after Christmas through New Year's. And don't mess with this week. And now they're messing with this week. And a game that I was really looking forward to watching tonight The Holiday Bowl canceled. Just within the last hour, the Holiday Bowl canceled. NC State against UCLA, done. Uh, The statement coming from the Holiday Bowl committee, we are extremely grateful to the – who's this coming from? From UCLA? We are extremely uh, grateful to the Holiday Bowl students, fans, sponsors, and the people of San Diego for their support this week. We are deeply disappointed for our young men in the football program that worked extremely hard for this opportunity. My heart goes out to them. The health and safety of our students will always be our North Star. Okay, fine UCLA. You can't find enough people to play. you only got you suited up 90. You're just traveling right down the road a couple hours, not even a couple hours going to San Diego NC State. Comes all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina. They've been there for about five days. And they, for their reward, they get no game. And this is the NC, NC State team that has been very, very good this year. And they get a reward of going cross-country, going to some sunny skies, SeaWorld, Holiday Bowl, San Diego, all that stuff. And they get what? Five hours before they're supposed to take the field tonight. Oh, Sorry. No game because UCLA has, what, too many COVID players? Are we getting the number? How many number? What is the deal with this? And this is the thing about college football, again, that's irritating because we don't have specifics here. Who is it? Players, coaches, athletic staff, who is it? And again, much different than the NFL. NFL is going to plug their way through this. NFL 53-man roster, practice squad guys, I get that, limited rosters. College football doesn't have limited rosters. Next man up. Unless you're telling me more than half the team is infected with this or what the deal is. So, just feel bad. Yes, is it selfish on my part? Yes, I want to watch this game tonight. I was was all ready to bet NC State. Loved NC State in this game. But, uh, no, I, I really feel bad for NC State players in their fans that traveled cross-country for this. All right, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the bowl season. And, of course, we've got the... Hopefully, we have the two national semifinal games taking place on Saturday. We're talking, of course, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Georgia and Michigan with the one and only our great friend Trevor Maddich, ESPN. Trevor is all over this like a hobo on a hot dog because he's covering all these bowl games. He's broadcasted many of them. He's been in the studio at ESPN. Trev, what's going on, brother?
2: Hey, man. I'm I'm good, T.C. This is uh... (laughs) a... This is a heck of a time. We have got through college football season pretty well, the regular season championship games, and all of a sudden they're falling out of bowl games like crazy. Let's hope that doesn't happen with the playoffs.
1: I know. All right, so we just got word about uh, the Holiday Bowl, UCLA and NC State. Uh, Your thoughts, and do you have any more information uh, on this, on what
2: actually happened here in the last few hours? No, I I don't have more information. Uh I guess it'll it'll come out if they could come out. I mean, they're they're often very careful with releasing information about ailments for players, but but it doesn't have to be half the team necessarily. It could just be all the quarterbacks. Maybe one of the quarterbacks came into the quarterback room and next thing you know they're all they all tested positive and they have the quarterbacks. Same thing if they're down to four offensive linemen, right? You, it's unfair to the running backs or the quarterbacks if the offensive line is so Decimated and not decimated, but yeah. you know, is out because of COVID, they can't play. What? And so that's all it takes. It doesn't take that many people if they're all bunched up in one position group.
1: And, and that's they actually, I'm just reading a release here, uh, Trevor, that used that word that you just used decimated. The Bruins defensive line room has been decimated by COVID issues. So it's exactly what you yeah. just
2: described. And so, who would you play at defensive line? And they, especially when you talk about the entire rotation, they just get hammered by the offensive line in the running game of NC State, you get guys potentially hurt, you get linebackers getting smashed, you get offensive linemen down on safeties more than they ever would, and it just it becomes an unsafe situation for the players on defense.
1: So UCLA was down to two interior defensive linemen as of yesterday uh with a converted linebacker as a backup nose guard and uh th- they were set to play today but then more COVID issues came up uh, earlier this morning. So there, there it is right there. Defensive line room uh, decimated. And there it is. It's, now, now, what happens here? What happens, and we've seen this with other bowl games, you were actually supposed to, to call the Hawaii Bowl. And that was one of the yeah. games that was, was canceled. Now, I don't know if you already got your lay, you know, when you came off the plane, if they already delivered the pineapple to your hotel room or what the deal was. But, uh, you know, again, I don't know if these schools still get paid their money or not, because I know what was Memphis was in that game, right? They had traveled to Hawaii. NC State has traveled to San Diego here. What are what happens here with these teams that are that are already there in place? Obviously they don't get a chance to play, but what about the financial uh, ramifications, Trevor? You know, that's a great question. That's something
2: I'm very interested to learn because now it's a thing, isn't it? Yep. Because you talk about Memphis, I mean, it's expensive to fly to Hawaii, to stay in hotels in Hawaii. And so if that t- if they lose money from the bowl game to help cover that, you know, that's going to be devastating to their their budget. Same way just from NC State going all the way out to San Diego, it's the same kind of a thing. And I, I don't know the answer to that, but it's one of those things that I'm very curious to find out.
1: Yeah. And again, not putting any blame here, but you know, we're we're looking at some some video of you know how the teams go to SeaWorld, like when they go to the holiday bowl there there's all kinds of video out there with with UCLA guys running around uh, SeaWorld without masks, or guys have their masks down to their chin or whatever and and again, you, you don't know, but then again it, you know that that's caused anything, but it 's just still not a really a good look when you know, you have to take every precaution possible uh, for this. And I think NC State and UCLA, if you told them, hey, you know, uh, you, we're not doing any of these extracurricular activities, if it's going to make us safe to actually play this bowl game, and, and when you see you know, video like that surfacing, that's pretty uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I know Michigan kept all their players and coaches in town. Over the holidays, they didn't let anybody go home. Of course, they wouldn't be gone for Christmas anyway because that's the week before the game. But but in terms of the end of the term, go home, visit your family for a couple days, come back. Michigan said nobody's leaving. We're all staying right here. And that doesn't mean that they won't uh, have an outbreak because you can do everything right and that can still find its way into your ecosystem. And you can get lucky. and You can have guys just parading around, partying, going to the mosh pit and not, Bringing anything into the ecosystem, so it's hard. It's hard to say that UCLA was a bunch of knuckleheads, and that's why this happened. But that is what will be said, even though I think it's a little bit unfair until we know a little bit more right. about it. Uh, but I do think if you are NC State, you're disappointed for not playing the game, but you also got to go to San Diego. You know, I, we used to go to the Holiday Bowl every year from BYU, right. and. You know, people ask me, was it it awful to have to go there every year? No! (laughs) You know, you leave the snows of Provo, Utah, and go to Mission Beach for a week. (laughs) So that's not awful. And, you know, North Carolina is a beautiful place, but right now it's not so pleasant because of the wintertime. And I was up there in San Diego, so there's something to be said for that. So were you one of
1: those guys, Trevor, you know, uh, shirt off, on the beach, uh, parading around, uh, you know, diving in there uh, you know, with, the, with the whales? What were you, what were you doing there? Uh,
2: did did you, How much beach time did you get there in San Diego? Not a lot, but the beach time we did get was awesome. <laughs> SeaWorld was unbelievable. And I, I had, by the way, the greatest answer I've ever received to a question other than my wife saying yes when I asked her to marry me. Uh, that, and that was to a kid who went to SeaWorld. He said he got a pet a dolphin. Oh, wow. And I didn't ask, yeah. And so I asked him, I said, what do dolphins feel like? And he gave me the greatest answer I've ever had. He said, hot dogs. <laughs> right? I mean, that was just genius. That was just unbelievable. And so SeaWorld is just a magical place. And so, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm glad at least everybody got to go there. I hope this thing doesn't break out farther than it already has.
1: Really? What do you think uh, the answer would be if you asked that same question to the New Orleans Saints last night?
2: <laughs> you, you know what? I think uh, I think I think the, their quarterbacks are all in a bun, getting chomped on by defenses at this point. There's nothing really oh, exactly. I mean, Drew Brees might have to come out of retirement now. He said no the first time they asked him. He might have might have to now. Oh,
1: Okay. On that note, Ian Book awful last night. How much of that is on Ian Book? How much of that is on uh, the offensive line or whatever? Because I've never seen a you know a quarterback take that bad of a beating before. And it almost looked like to me, Trevor, that guys like Alvin Kamara and the offensive line—they—they they almost just said like, hole-a. I mean, they were—they were done protecting this guy in the middle of the third quarter, and it was like a rookie initiation. I mean, that's how bad it looked. And Sean Payton just sitting there on the sideline, not knowing what to do. I mean, come on, they got to give a better performance than what we saw last night.
2: Yeah, and part of the problem though is that it was also a perfect storm because. Miami is one of the most blitzing teams in the NFL, and they'll come at you from every different direction. When you've got a guy like Ian Book back there that doesn't know where all the answers are, that means you can take more risks in the way that you blitz. And if you get there quickly, it has a snowball effect on the quarterback mentally. And so you know, I don't necessarily blame Ian Book. At Notre Dame, when he knew the offense, he knew where his answers were. And he was effective in hitting them, but he just didn't know where any answers were and didn't have much time to find them. So that poor kid didn't really have much time to make his dream starting in the NFL what it could have been. It just that was you're right, it was pretty ugly.
1: What does this say for these these college quarterbacks who come in and we have, we see performances like Book, and we see performances like Trevor Lawrence, even though he was number one overall pick. I mean, he's he's gotten beat up quite a bit as well during the course of this year. How how much time do these guys really need, you know to to sit in 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 I guess you know soak up you know something behind a veteran like we saw Aaron Rodgers. He was fortunate enough to sit behind Brett Favre for three seasons, but you know we saw it with uh, you know with, with Justin Fields this year with with the Bears as well too. And it just doesn't take a, you know, a scientist to say, hey, these guys are going to come in here, especially with bad teams and bad offensive lines, and getting beat up here. I mean, these they're, they're 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 high draft picks, and some of these teams are overreaching with these these quarterbacks, and they're throwing them into the fire way too prematurely. Now I get it. Book is a different story because of COVID and that sort of thing. I mean, he was supposed to be just. Practice squad sitting watching, and then now he, he has to go, go play. But just talk about the trans, the transition from the college quarterback to getting starts early on in your first season in the NFL.
2: You know, I used to think that in college, quarterback was basically a running back with an arm, and in the NFL, quarterback was a Rhodes Scholar with an arm, right? But things have changed a little bit. You got the old school guys that didn't know every nuance Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys. And that's the way they play it. And their systems are very much in, you know, catering to their knowledge of defenses and, and ball placement uh, in terms of where the easy, not the, yeah, the easiest play based on what the defense is doing. That's what makes Brady, Brady, before the snap, he knows where the ball needs to go. If it's a disguise and they go into a different defense, he knows within the first two steps of his drop, what the disguise turns into and then where the ball should go. And that's what makes it happen. And that takes a long time to learn. But now you've got a lot of college systems that are moving up into the NFL. And I think that makes it easier for some quarterbacks, especially to succeed early. I mean, you look at Jalen hurts with Philly right now. I mean, partway through the season, their offense was not very good and they just committed to the run, especially the quarterback run. They just maximized that part of their playbook because that was the college style that, Jalen Hurts could run the best. You look at Kyler Murray running basically a college-style air raid system with some differences uh, to tweak it to the NFL, but it was the same kind of thing he ran in college, right? So it depends on what you're running in college and how different what you're being asked to do in the NFL might be. Clemson wasn't a very difficult offense uh, to, to master mentally for the quarterback comparatively. And the NFL, it's, it's, a, it's a different issue for Trevor Lawrence. His problem is not, not knowing what to do, uh, I think he knows what to do. His problem is he doesn't have receivers that can get separation and or offensive line to protect him. So that's what you said originally, T.C., that, that you are a high-draft pick at quarterback. You're pretty much always going to a bad team. And, therefore, the pieces aren't there around you for a while, and you're liable to just have to endure getting beat up because there's no one to throw to for a while. But then you look at a guy like Mahomes. The Chiefs moved up, what was it, 11 spots or something? The Chiefs moved up to get Mahomes. So the Chiefs weren't a bad team. But they still drafted in the position of some fairly mediocre to bad teams because they, they traded up to get him. So Mahomes ended up in a in a perfect situation, a first-round draft choice, and not to a bad team as a quarterback and to a good team. So um, those are the things that that factor into it. That's why you really can't look at a quarterback in his rookie year and decide if he can play, but especially you can't really decide if he can't play without having a lot more information.
1: All right, he is Trevor Maddich, ESPN, of course, a former national champ at BYU and then a 12-year NFL veteran as well, too, talking about these bowl games. The Holiday Bowl canceled uh, NC State-UCLA just hours ago. So that game has gone six cancellations thus far. Obviously, Trevor, as we get to these meaningful New Year's Day bowl games, and of course the national semifinals that are the two big games that are supposed to take place on Saturday. Uh, how concerned are you that that these games may not get played?
2: Yeah, I am concerned about the the finals, the finals. Um, excuse me, the playoff, especially the meaningful New Year's Day games are meaningful. You know, you've got the Rose Bowl. You've got all kinds of huge games. And, you know, Oklahoma State's playing Notre Dame. That's big. You know, Baylor and Ole Miss is a game I can't wait to see. You know, the Sugar Bowl. There's all kinds of big games. But ultimately, they are exhibitions. And so it would be a real shame for them not to be played. It would be economically horrible for a lot of people for the games not to be played. You know, we talked about whether or not teams get – travel money anyway, or what happens if the, if the game isn't played is do the TV networks have to pay out after a certain point, no matter what, and insurance companies pick up the difference. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. I do know that there are parking attendants and concession workers. they are the people that own the concessions that are all stocked up with hot dogs and popcorn and soda pop and the rest of it that, that all of a sudden now can't sell it. What happens to them? And It's really bad. But what, what matters most for college football on, the, on the, the ranking side of it is those playoffs, and so I'm interested to see there. A lot of people don't think that it's good that, they, that teams that uh, face a team that can't play because of COVID advance because of forfeit. That's what I'm trying to get to here. Right. They, you can forfeit if you have COVID you can't play. And people say and hey, you can win the national championship based on forfeits right and a lot of people say well that's not right and maybe it's not but what else do you do keep in mind also though you have the ap national championship and coaches poll and all the rest of it those are still there but when it comes to the playoff if forfeit is what carries the the national champion through the playoff to the to the ring then it's bad but what would be worse than that you know or what would be better than that i mean it's just a bad situation
1: Hopefully uh, everyone stays safe and, and we get these games uh, to be played this weekend. All right, uh, like we said, meaningful, good matchups in, in a lot of these bowl games. We lost one tonight that I was looking forward to, NC State and UCLA, but we do have West Virginia and Minnesota tonight. They're going to play in Arizona. Uh, g- give me, a, Let's start handicapping a few of these games real quick, Trevor. Uh, how do you see West Virginia and Minnesota? We know the last time we saw Minnesota on the field, it was their Super Bowl. They upset Wisconsin, and uh, we know they can run the ball but they've had a couple bad losses earlier on this year. Uh, your thoughts, can, can, Mountie, can Mountie mount
2: uh, a
1: game tonight against Minnesota?
2: Yeah, they've got opt-outs and they've got injuries, and, and I think Minnesota will, uh, has the best unit on the field, which is their defense. West Virginia, you know, their, their record's okay, 6-6, six six, but they, they when you watch them play, they don't look like they're quite that good because they'll play really well sometimes and teams will play badly against them for whatever reason. It's spooky to play in Morgantown. And I just don't know that West Virginia is even as good as their record. Minnesota's defense, I think, has a very good chance to shut down West Virginia to the point that the Mountaineers aren't going to be able to do a whole lot. Now, Minnesota's offense has issues of their own, but I think that ultimately they'll just come straight downhill and test West Virginia. West Virginia has a couple of outstanding defensive tackles, but that's not going to be enough. So I think that the defense of Minnesota uh, will be the difference in this game and the physicality of their offense will be the end of difference.
1: All right, next game up uh, today, Texas Tech and Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Leach, uh, those guys failed miserably in the Egg Bowl against uh, Ole Miss. Uh, how do they get up for this game? And we know that Texas Tech obviously has had some coaching issues, uh, lost their coach, coach got fired mid-season or so. Uh, thoughts about this game?
2: I, I, this is an interesting game to me because it's personal. It's one of those bowl games that matters to people. And it's more personal with Mississippi State. Mike Leach is still mad at Texas Tech right. for dumping him uh, and not paying him. And he thinks that they still owe him millions of dollars. This is a number of years ago before he went to Washington State because of alleged uh, abuse of a player, which I think information has come out to show to exonerate Mike Leach over that, but still Texas Tech hasn't paid it. And he has come out publicly in this bowl week and said, yeah, they still owe me money. So the thing about, Mississippi State's players that they know how much this means to their coach. And when you know that, you want to go out and you want to deliver that victory for your coach, not just a victory but a beatdown. Texas Tech has a, a pretty good team, right? But they don't have the, the mustard – to go beat the former coach that none of them knew was their coach nearly as much as Mississippi State's players have to carry their coach to a victory here. So this game matters, I think, a lot more to Mississippi State. Plus, Will Rogers turns out to be one of the most effective passers in all of college football. That air raid offense of Mississippi State combined with big, powerful offensive linemen and running backs, I think it'll be too much for Texas Tech.
1: All right. Uh, A game uh, that uh, I think we both like uh, tomorrow is Iowa State and Clemson. Uh, We had two good games tomorrow. Iowa State, Clemson, and Oregon and Oklahoma. The Coachless Bowls, I like to to, to call that one here. Uh, Quick thoughts on both those games.
2: Well, I think Clemson has been so hard to figure out this year. I think that Iowa State has the edge here. Again, Iowa State has opt-outs as well, Uh, but Iowa State – I think sees Clemson as a, an opportunity to whip up on a, a national brand and Clemson, I think would be disappointed. I mean, they're in the cheese bowl instead of the playoffs that was against the cheese bowl, but that, that's a problem from a standpoint of motivation. Plus you're right. You know, both coordinators are gone. Uh, I like their new defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. I think they'll be fine down the road, but their quarterback situation is still a problem. Their offensive line is still a problem. I think Iowa state, has the defense to be able to continue those problems for Clemson, and I like I like the cycles in this game.
1: All right, and I'm just dying to hear you, you know, say the Clemson quarterback's name again because you know I can't pronounce. I just say DJ. So go ahead. It's
2: DJU. There you go. No. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, that's right. DJ Yanglele. <laughs> he,
1: he's so good at that. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Manich, ladies and gentlemen, dominated the spelling bee when he was nine years old. By the way, too, dominated.
2: Yes, I did. It was yeah. the three letter spelling bee, though. So I had a. It wasn't a hard spelling bee. And <laughs> you know, I then, I real quick, you, you mentioned Oregon and Oklahoma. Yeah. I, you know, Oklahoma's got a big edge yeah. in this game, I think, just because you know the way their offense has been playing, and, and Oregon's offense is up mm-hmm. and down um and mostly down really but Oregon has shown that if you're physical against them, you can you can really have a lot of problems. Oklahoma's not that physical, but they're going to force Oregon to play that kind of game. And then I think the Oklahoma offense is going to have the edge in this thing. Right. Plus the opt-outs too, Thibodeau and those guys aren't playing. So.
1: All right, so due to your broadcasting duties um, and everything, we in, in Friday uh, we were off, so we didn't get a chance to get your best bets for our, our bowl games up until this Thursday. But i, I got to say uh, – well, will let you go over them right now, Trevor. Uh, one's already in the books. He took Western Michigan over that school up north here in Nevada, and uh, you called that one. Uh, Western Michigan rolled Nevada. And then uh, the other one, uh, like I said, Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Uh, you, and I think you just told us you know, who you like in this game because you did pick uh, Mississippi State on our best bets as well too. And you got one more, don't you? I do. I have
2: Wisconsin-Arizona State. Wisconsin's laying six and a half. And I think that this is going to be just a a housing. I think that Arizona State struggles to stop the run. Wisconsin is just going to just pound the ball. Plus, Arizona State is missing a couple of running backs. And so, you know, one transferred, one opted out. I just think that against Wisconsin's defense, which is first in the nation statistically in total defense, is going to absolutely keep them off the field, and I think Wisconsin is going to cover this thing easily.
1: And that is the Las Vegas poll. We will be there on Thursday night. We are looking forward to this, Arizona State and Wisconsin. And I, I'm, I'm with you, Trevor. I mean, the two of these games that we just talked about, the Oklahoma game and uh, Wisconsin, are both on my best bets uh, as well, too. So hopefully, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm riding some of your coattails here, and you sweep the board on the college side.
2: Let's hope so, because on the NFL, Chargers are playing for a lot. I lost that one, Chargers and, and Texans. <laughs> yeah, Texans, their best you know, offensive player, Brandon Cook's receiver, is out for the game, and the Chargers go in there, lay in ten and a half, and lose outright. Yeah. So, what do you do? do? Yeah, I know. I'm hoping we sweep the college side.
1: There it is. You're the college guy, though. See? You're the college man. So, we we have faith in you, my friend. You know, plain and simple. You know, this is, you know, back to the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, They're going to have a great crowd here. And this is the first year, of course, that the Las Vegas Bowl will be played at Allegiant Stadium. And now, with the new format, with uh, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and the SEC, and uh, the way the Las Vegas Bowl has this is the the Pac-12 representative will be there each and every year, and then it'll rotate every other year between the Big Ten and SEC representatives. So this year the, you got the Big Ten. You got Wisconsin. Uh, you know how well uh, the Badger fans uh, travel. So uh, we are looking forward to a very energetic stadium here Thursday night. And, you know, Herm Edwards. I mean, uh, here we go. I mean, the Herm Edwards team just seems to, you know, underperform – Uh, The last few seasons, uh, Trevor, what has happened at ASU? They've had a lot
2: of drama. I mean, somebody dropped a dime on them for allegedly having illegal recruiting during COVID. Literally, somebody was recording recruits being where they weren't supposed to be doing things they weren't supposed to be doing with Arizona State coaches there and sent it to the NCAA. Right? So somebody wanted Herm Edwards fired. And as it was, the defensive coordinator was suspended, and I imagine he's fired now, and a bunch of other coaches were too. So, you know, it's been a it's been a, rocky, a rocky season for those guys. I think Herm Edwards is a great guy and a great coach, and I hope he's not involved with these decisions that were violations of the NCAA. We'll, we'll see when more information comes out. But, but I will say this, though uh, being at this bowl game, I think, is good for them because of all the things that that happened over the last couple of years with them, especially this last year off the field. But Las Vegas, the city, has a chance now with the Raiders and with the Pac-12 championship and with this bowl and other opportunities, has a chance to really become a football epicenter of the West. And I'd love to see the city turn out and uh, and make it so. Because, I mean, there, there is no better place. I mean, Las Vegas and New Orleans are the places you want to go for big bowl games, for big events. Uh, and, and I'd love to see Las Vegas do what New Orleans does, which is validate that each and every time.
1: All right. Final thing here, Trevor, on this game, You know, Graham Mertz, the quarterback of Wisconsin, he's been really up and down and uneven on the course of this year and did not have a great game against Minnesota. And we thought, okay, this guy's maybe turned the corner a little bit. This guy has only thrown for more than 200 yards on three occasions this year. How is he going to fare in this game against ASU's defense?
2: Only one thing he needs to do, and that's don't make the big mistake. If he doesn't turn it over and give Arizona State short fields and all that, I think Wisconsin's rushing attack in the second half will take over this thing. They really don't need him. I mean, Jaden Daniels is an outstanding playmaker on the Arizona State side at, at quarterback. Merce doesn't have to be that guy because he's got everything else around him that Arizona State doesn't have especially on the defensive side of the ball, to keep the score down. So, you know, Mertz has got to be careful to not try to go out there and prove anything to anybody. Just just do what he's asked to do. Don't try to do more. And the only way that Wisconsin is really going to lose this game is if Mertz goes out there and tries to show everybody what a great quarterback he is after all this happened and make a bunch of mistakes.
1: All right, he is Trevor Manich, a busy time of the year for him. Trevor, what are your broadcasting duties here for the next week?
2: Well, I've got uh, I've got halftime coming up on the thirtieth on on uh, and then more uh, later on for bowl games. I've got um, on New Year's Eve. I'm doing radio pregame halftime and post for both uh, semifinal games. Awesome! And then it looks like I've got uh, pregame halftime and post game for. ESPN Radio was well for the National Championship game. So uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun to do. It's one of my favorite things yep. uh, of the entire broadcast year.
1: Yeah, there you go. Well, hopefully, like I said, you know, with travel and everything, and with, you know, hopefully we don't have any more cancellations of, of any of these games. And uh, I know you, you you just have to kind of basically stay by the phone or uh, there, don't you? I mean, to find out, hey, am I going? or What am I doing? My plans get changed or what? You know, so hopefully. No. Hopefully. You yeah, get- you do like yeah, NC State. You show up. And if there's someone there, there's someone there. There you go. Hopefully you got to All keep right. your lays from the Hawaii Bowl, you know, at least.
2: Yeah, I'm keeping a pineapple. The lays, you know, they will. But pineapple's food. <laughs> All right, T.C., we got to roll. Take Thanks care, brother. Talking, man. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you very much.
1: Bye. There is Trevor Madich from ESPN. There it is. What, Nunchuck, were you, were you going to go with some Hawaii music there? <laughs> there it is. Oh, we got the we got the Trevor Madich, uh you know Hawaii music on hold there. Kind of like that. Okay, I appreciate Trevor. Very busy time of year for him. He's going uh, from from the studio and uh, to here and back to the studio. And I appreciate him taking the time and join us here. All right, uh, one game, that uh, bowl game. We've had two bowl games already today. Houston pulls the mild upset over Auburn today. We talked about that game. We like the Houston Cougars. Boom, Cougs uh, get the job done, and they win earlier today against Auburn. Uh, We talked about that game with Marco D'Angelo, one of his best bets, 17-13 the final. Houston Cougars win, and then also talked about Air Force and Louisville. This game now uh, into the third quarter with nine minutes to play in the third. And the Air Force Falcons out of the Mountain West Conference leading 28-14. to 14. They have been able to do whatever they wanted to on the ground, just like we talked about yesterday. Air Force already with uh, 14 first downs. They already have over 100 yards rushing. And believe it or not, Air Force, yes, 226 yards through the air. That's right. Even though they're called Air Force, usually don't see that with the Air Force Falcons yeah, how about this? Uh, Outpassing Malik Cunningham and the Louisville Cardinals, 226 to 71 as of right now. So, Air Force pretty much doing what they want. They were a two point underdog in this game. Uh, they're up by two touchdowns in the first responder bowl there on a beautiful day in Dallas. All right, when we come back,
2: terrible Tuesday takes. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the TC Martin Show. It's good.
1: All right, don't forget we'll be at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas on Thursday and Friday this week. That's right, Thursday, because we've got the Las Vegas Bowl preview. All right, myself, Double B, Brian Benowitz, Jay Schrader going to be in the house on Thursday. We'll uh, get ready for the bowl games and, of course, NFL action as well, too. Friday, right back at the Cosmopolitan, because that's where we're at each and every Friday. Mike Pritchard in the house there. Getting ready for our Best bet segment on Friday as well, too. So Thursday and Friday, both of the Cosmopolitan, we want to see you come on out. Enjoy the show live from the sportsbook powered by William Hill. And uh, don't, uh, don't you dare miss it. Come on by and have a great time. This is a great time of year. Hopefully. We have no more cancellations with bowl games. All right, we have plenty to talk about. Breaking news. Terrible Tuesday. We'll take your phone calls if you want to chime in with some Terrible Tuesday takes uh, as well, too. at 702-221-7283. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world.
0: That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible
2: Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world.
1: All right, so news comes down today that Carson Wentz, the Colts quarterback, is on the COVID list. He will not play Sunday versus the Raiders. Uh, This is big news here. Because for several reasons, one is this is the Raiders' next opponent. Raiders have won two games in a row. The Colts are fighting for their playoff lives as well, even though they're in pretty good shape here. Colts with another victory last week, and the Colts, who started off the season 0 and four, have battled themselves back. They've been hovering around 500. Now they are nine and six, and they are at home, and they have a chance basically to end the Raider season. But what has happened? Their quarterback, their leader, lands on the COVID list. Now, let me tell you why this is big news. Because Carson Wentz is not vaccinated. Now, not sure if he tested positive or is just a close contact. So, there's a big difference here. If he's a close contact, he must quarantine for five days and then could return if he tested negative. If he tested positive, that means he's quarantined for the next 10 days. But either way, as it looks like right now, Carson Wentz is out of this game. So five days, if we're doing the math, right? Okay, so it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Day five is Sunday. So when are we counting? Are we counting today Is part of it? Is it you know, 24-hour days that start at whatever time he was – you know, know was it diagnosed? whatever you want to say, test came back. Who knows what? So we're still trying to get more information, but all reports say that he is out of this game. So if he is out of this game, that means Sam Ellinger is is going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts. Not good considering Ian Book got thrown into the fire last night and you saw he just got drug all over the place by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, can the Raiders do that to Sam Ellinger? You know, who came out of Texas, uh, he, he, he's not ready really for the NFL. And especially, you know, in a playoff game situation here. So here's the dealio Carson Wentz is not vaccinated. This makes no sense to me. Here we go again. He's the leader of this team, he's your quarterback. Playoffs are on the line. Oh, and more importantly, about Carson Wentz, he's married, he has two kids. Matter of fact, he has a newborn. He has a newborn kid. And if you've been watching any of the Hard Knocks in season on HBO, where they go behind the scenes with the Indianapolis Colts, you'll see this. And this makes no sense. Why would you not want to get vaccinated when you have two young children, especially when you have a newborn? Now, Wentz has never said why he remains unvaccinated. He missed some time before the start of the regular season, because he was a close contact to someone who tested positive in the Colts organization. This was his quote way back when. He goes, I'm not going to go into depth on why I will say it's a personal decision for me and my family. I respect everyone else's decision, and everyone is going to equally view things the same. But yeah, no one really knows what's going on. In someone else's household and how things are being handled. It's a personal decision. That's just where I'm at on it. And with the protocols and everything the way they are, really for us. It's about understanding them clearly and making sure that we are dotting our our T what's he what's he talking about? Do, dotting our I's and crossing our Ts. I think he he got that wrong in his In his his quote there. But anyway, that's Carson Wentz. All right. so after all that, that he went through that early on in the season, wouldn't you think after that, knowing that you're going to have a child being born, which he did a few weeks back, that you would get vaccinated. Now you're out. You have COVID. You have tested positive. He's going to miss the most important game of the season. It's selfish. You're putting your family and your young children in danger here. And that's what I don't understand here. All right? You can be hard-headed and say, I don't believe in this. They're putting me something. government. Whatever your, your excuses are, like I've said so many times before, this is a team sport. You better think about your team. You better think about your employer. And what about the teammates that are in that locker room? You have a very good football team, and you got a chance to do some damage in the playoffs, and you just lost your team leader. Why? Because he's selfish. Those offensive linemen, they got vaccinated. Majority of this team is vaccinated. But your leader, the guy that you can afford to lose the least, he is unvaccinated and unwilling to get a shot. And like I said, more importantly, having young children in your household, a newborn, I I can't justify that. Carson Wentz, what are you thinking? Hmm. All right, we will continue to talk about this story from the Raiders perspective when Heidi Fang joins us next hour. Sticking with the NFL, the Washington football team didn't put up much of a fight against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, right? Blown out 56 to 14, except on the sideline. Their own sideline. Yeah, midway through the second quarter, as they were getting pummeled 42 to 7, defensive line teammates uh, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen Got a little fisticuffs. Got a little little bit of action here. Payne pointed a finger at Allen while they were sitting on the bench. Allen says, get that finger out of my face. Gets up, throws a right hand, and connects with Payne. They they tussle a little bit. Teammates get, get in the mix. After the game, both players talked about it. Here's what Allen had to say.
0: You know, when things are going bad like they are, things get heated. Um, I think everybody saw what happened. Um, I, I think the important thing is we're going to move forward from it. Brothers fight. I mean, the next step is moving on. The thing about when something happens on the field, you never let it carry it into the locker room. You know what I mean? So things get heated. We fix them. We sit down as grown men and we move on. It's unfortunate for sure. You need, you know, I, I, we're better than that. But as a man, I'm going to take full responsibility for my actions and Pain will do the same.
1: Right, just a little brotherly disagreement. Uh, all right, that is Jonathan uh, Allen. Uh, now Payne gets his turn to talk here's Payne's it's response
0: little brotherly disagreement maybe uh the wrong place wrong time but hey, it happened it is what it is. it's all good i mean you got, you got brothers y'all fight don't you? it happened.
1: no it shouldn't happen like that shouldn't happen like that you guys are teammates and here's the thing they were teammates at alabama these guys have known each other forever they end up on the same team yeah you're supposed to be brothers but just because you're getting blown out and you're getting humiliated and embarrassed? Now nah, you got to keep your composure a, a little bit here. Yeah, th- again, arguing, throwing a finger, uh, throwing, a, uh, throwing a punch. Ron Rivera, the head coach. Okay, i got some issues with Ron Rivera, and he's one of my favorite coaches. I like Ron Rivera. Here's what Ron Rivera had to say after the game.
3: Well, I had no idea about that, okay? I was told about it later, after it had happened, and uh, I've talked to both of them. I'll talk to both of them. What, I, what my players say to me is really nobody's business. Frustration, you know, wanting to win, you know, having an opportunity for the last few weeks and not being able to get it done, not being able to have all the pieces in place that you need to go out there and play together. Um, that's what that is. That's, that's guys wanting to compete, wanting to win. I mean, if you look at the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, you know, we've dealt with a lot. But that's football. That's life. You're going to deal with a lot in life. How you handle it, though, that's the important thing. We didn't handle it very well tonight. That's disappointing. We've got to be better than that. We expect to be able to win football games. We've got to be better than that as a group. Why did I think we didn't handle it well? Do you see the score? We, I just told you. We just went through a few weeks, a couple of things, bad things happening. Okay, you have to deal with those things. And it's tough. It's not easy to, to try and separate and compartmentalize situations like that. It spills over. It gets to people. It's, it's human nature. You know, these guys are more than just robots. They don't go out there. These guys have feelings. These are players. These are people. Okay? They got a teammate going through something right now that, they're you know, it's, it's tough. You know? I mean, you, you, you have an opportunity and you don't have everybody playing. That, that's hard on people. I mean, that's not normal. That's real life. And that's what they're dealing with. These are young men, and we're just trying to help them along the way. Ron
1: Rivera, head coach of the Washington football team, dropped the S-word there on a couple occasions as well. Had no idea? How do you have no idea that this happened on your sideline? This happened in the second quarter. You had no idea? You couldn't turn around and see what was happening? Your defensive line coach didn't tell you what was happening? Your defensive coordinator didn't tell you what was happening? This should have been addressed right then and there. And if you didn't want to do it on the sideline, then you'd do it at halftime. And you should have just laced up your team at halftime and went off on them for that performance they had in the first half. But having your guys fight and you're fighting for your playoff lives, yeah. That's, that's some bad coaching right there. You've got to be all over that and address it. And it sounded like he addressed it, but it wasn't until after the game. That's going to be handled immediately. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of a story we talked about going back earlier in the season. What transpired early in the season at FedEx Field, where two Washington football team fans were fighting each other in the stands. One guy was wearing a Clinton Portis jersey. Other guy was wearing a Sean Taylor jersey. They started arguing, and they started throwing down. Now, the guy wearing the Portis jersey had the upper hand, pummeled, the Taylor guy, into submission, he threw about 13 unanswered punches all to the face. And what were fans doing during this game? Ah, just watching. They were videoing. That's what they were doing. Yeah. So you got Washington football players fighting on the sideline. You got fans fighting in the stands. Oh, by the way, the Washington football team lost that game to the Chargers. No surprise there, right? But the moral to the story is, I guess, if if your fans can't control their emotions... When things go bad on the field, what makes you think the players can? <laughs> Let's move over to the NBA. Uh, the biggest farce in the NBA is what? Nah, not LeBron James. Not right now. It's the Sacramento Kings. That's right. The model of futility in the midst of another pathetic season. The Kings, 13-21. and 21. They sit 12th in the Western Conference right now. And they've only played 34 games. After getting drubbed 127 to 102 at home against against Memphis, uh, their interim coach Alvin Gentry spoke on the Kings' performance.
0: It's the most disappointing I've been in 34 years in the NBA. I can honestly say that that uh, that performance uh, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, we didn't play hard. We didn't compete. Uh, we gave up 19 offensive rebounds for, I don't know, 37 points to some astronomical figure. Uh, we didn't go the ball. We didn't guard screening rolls. We didn't follow the game plan. Uh, you know, all of those things. And the, to be honest with you, it's the most disappointing game that I've been involved with. You know, no, no com- competitiveness whatsoever. And then we got those guys out there talking about, You know, when when you have, just go ahead, ask questions, that's fine, because I don't want to get into it anymore. I think anybody out there that watched the game understand that 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 performance right there was was absolutely, it was just ridiculous. I don't know any other words to use because we didn't compete and we didn't do anything. Uh, We didn't move the basketball. Uh, We didn't attack them. Uh, We didn't stop their drives. We didn't stop their screening rolls. Uh, we went over a couple of simple plays today, uh, and we didn't guard them at all. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally disappointed, and everybody in this building should be disappointed.
1: Well said, Alvin Gentry. And here's the thing. Alvin Gentry, he didn't ask for this job. I mean, he was giving it to him after they fired Luke Walton just a couple weeks ago. But that says it all about this franchise. Given up 19 offensive rebounds, that's insane. Have you mailed it in already after 34 games? They didn't compete, didn't follow the game plan, no competitiveness. And you wonder why fans sometimes say, I can't stand the NBA. It's too long of a season, teams tank, uh, you have attitude problems. There it is, the Sacramento Kings. Haven't had a winning season since the 2005-06 and season. Think about this, 15 straight losing seasons. They have not won more than 39 games in a season. 15 straight losing seasons. You want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want to talk about some of these other pathetic teams. You know, the Clippers way back in the day, the Sacramento Kings. They When they moved to Sacramento in 85, they, they had some decent teams. People remember those teams that went deep into the playoffs with Vladi Divac and Bibby and Chris Webber, Jason Williams. What has happened to this franchise? 15 straight years. We talk about the Raiders going to like 20 years of futility with one winning season. King's just as bad. Very, very sad. All right. uh, Phone calls. We told you we'll take uh, your phone calls. If you got some terrible Tuesday takes, let's do it. Let's go to Karen. Karen, what's happening? Hey, TC. Well,
4: I actually had something else, but now that you brought up the vaccine thing, um, I just can't get over it i'm dumbfounded that anybody could have an infant in their house and not be vaccinated uh that blows my mind but my part of the vaccine thing i have to go with our friend mr brown who tried to fake his own vaccine card that one to me has to be the all terrible tuesday of 2021 because why would you fake it I understand there are people out there who want to say they refuse to get vaccinated and they stand up wholeheartedly for their cause and they'll go to the end of the earth. I've had many arguments with idiots over this. But if you don't believe in getting vaccinated, stand up and say it. Why would you fake it? Um, I can't help but think of uh, Little League. And if you fake a birth certificate, you don't get a three-day suspension. You get booted. So for the NFL to only give him three days, three games, I'm sorry, three games is insane, first of all. Second of all, the main thing is you either believe in getting vaccinated and you get vaccinated or you don't believe in it. And you stand up, have the cojones to say, I don't believe in this. I'm not doing it. But you don't fake it. Um, I just I can't get over that one.
1: So this is a tough one. Do, will you side more with Carson Wentz for not really giving any reasoning, but standing pat with that, even though that he's, you know, putting his teammates in jeopardy and his family, especially with a newborn, or you know, a guy like Antonio Brown, who's just a, a you know, whether he, we call him a liar or you know, he's not a stand-up guy.
4: No, I side with neither of them. Neither one of them have the guts to stand up and say, I don't believe it. I actually have a little bit more support for that ding-back caller who called you a little while, a couple weeks ago, and said, it's a hoax. <laughs> um, at least those people stand up and are there, believe believing UFOs and little green men, too. They also think that the Kennedy thing was a hoax, too. I mean, and we never landed on the moon. But all that being said, at least they're going to stand up and say what they believe in. I don't agree with any of them. But at least I can have a a conversation with you about what you believe in. These two other guys, they're just hiding. I I don't know. Maybe he's afraid of needles and doesn't want to admit it. Uh, The woman next to me getting her shot had a nervous breakdown in the office. I don't know. But get over it. Say what you believe in. Don't tell me it's a personal matter. That's baloney. Stand up and say, I don't want the shot because I don't think it's going to help or something. Have an opinion. You have an opinion on football. He and I could have a conversation for hours on what kind of player he is. But And he would fight to the tooth and nail. But just to hide and say it's a personal thing? No, it's not personal. Tell me why you're taking the risk to infect other people. So mm-hmm. I still go with the faking of the, yep. the card is worse because You're lying. You're an out and out liar saying that you've been vaccinated, but you won't. Do it and then you fake it that's like having a freight fake, fake driver's license
1: yeah that's good excellent point i mean it's, it's very cowardice and again especially when you know you know it's probably going to come out you're an nfl football player you're held to a higher standard and again it's another bad look for another bad guy for the same bad guy and antonio brown so uh great thoughts karen i appreciate that and i love i love two things about that call i love that that you you compared it to a Little League, where you'd be gone, you'd be ejected, that's it, parents would be kicked out, no question about it. And I think that's the first time we had a dingbat reference uh, on the show. I love it. There it is. It, a dingbat reference. Outstanding.
4: Well, I just want to say thanks for letting me spend my holidays with you. Unfortunately, I do have to go back to work next week, but it has been a great, great time. I don't have to sneak at work to listen to you. So this is
1: awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate that, Karen. There it is. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Edith Bunker. I appreciate it. There it is. <laughs> All right. Terrible Tuesday. We got some more next hour as well, too. Heidi Fang is going to join us. so We'll talk to her about the Raiders situation and how the Raiders feeling now. They've won two in a row. They're going up to Indianapolis, and they're going to face a team that's got COVID. The quarterback is gone. Uh, Carson Witz will not play because he's unvaccinated. We'll hit that and a whole lot more. We'll get you caught up to date on the bowl games. And again, Holiday Bowl canceled tonight. Ugh. NC State, UCLA because UCLA has COVID. The whole D line uh, decimated there. All right. Tuesday afternoon, T.C. Martin Show.